Well, welcome to Grace Bible Church. See a lot of visitors that are here for our baptism service. We're glad to have you with us. We're going to talk uh, for a few minutes about baptism, and then we have uh, five candidates today who are going to uh, go through this experience of baptism. So I've been thinking about a couple of verses in Paul's letter to the Galatians where he references baptism, and uh, we'll read those verses and, and talk about them for a little bit here. Galatians 3, uh, 26 to 27. So in Christ Jesus, and we like to remind ourselves here at Grace Bible that, that Christ is the Greek rendering of that Old Testament term, Messiah. So Paul is talking about the Messiah, the hoped-for king of Israel who was promised long ago to King David uh, to be one of his descendants who would come and uh, bring God's kingdom, rule to earth. So in Messiah Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into the Messiah have clothed yourselves with the Messiah. So let's pull out a few things that, that strike me as important here. When Paul thinks about baptism, he thinks about people entering into a new life. And this new life he summarizes in this phrase, in Messiah Jesus. Paul's phrase, in the Messiah or in Christ, is one of the most common terms that you find in his 13 letters. <clears throat> and so we've talked about this before. Let's unpack it uh, a little bit. In Messiah Jesus seems to mean something like in the, in the sphere of influence and power that belongs to the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, who came and lived and taught and died and rose again, there is a new life. And uh, Jesus is the one then who draws people into that sphere of influence and power. Another way to talk about that sphere is to talk about the kingdom of God, which Jesus brings. <clears throat> and he gathers disciples around himself who listen to his teachings and are impacted by the power of who he is. It helps, I think, to get an idea of what, what Paul means by being in the Messiah if you contrast it with, with a phrase that he has earlier in Galatians in chapter 1 where he says, uh, now you folks know about my previous life in Judaism. In Judaism is the same kind of phrase as in Messiah Jesus. <clears throat> in Judaism, of course, talks about his ancestry as a, uh, as a descendant of and, and part of the Jewish family. But it's, it's more than that for Paul. 
It's more than just about a birth issue. It's about a a life issue for him. You get some feeling for what in Judaism might mean if you, say, go to a major city like New York City, and uh, you're walking around and you happen to see uh, some Orthodox Jews, observant Jews of the old traditions, and, and all you have to do is see the way they dress. And you realize, this looks to me like a different way of life. Certainly stands out from the rest of New Yorkers on the sidewalk. Well, in Paul's day, <clears throat> it was similar. There, there was within the Jewish people a smaller group of, <clears throat> of super-committed observant Jews. Many of them were part of the group called the Pharisees. They show up a lot in the New Testament. And uh, Paul was part of that group. And as part of that group, <clears throat> he, he took it to the, the utmost effort. He was trained as a rabbi. <clears throat> and you got trained as a rabbi by studying under another rabbi. He studied under one of them the best-known rabbis of his day. The book of Acts tells us he studied under Gamaliel. So there were all those commitments. Uh, Study of Scripture was was super strong for the Pharisees. So Paul uh, would likely have memorized the entire Old Testament. I've not not manifested memorize Genesis yet. I don't know about you, but I'm not quite on my way to memorizing the whole thing, but that, that was not uncommon in those days. And Paul was, from other things he says, he, he was a super observant Jew. This was his way of life. Paul says, you know about my way of life in Judaism, but now Paul's talking about being in Messiah Jesus. It's a similar idea. It's a way of life. So it raises the question for us, for uh, uh, those of you that are candidates for baptism, but for all of us, the question is, what am I, what are you into? What, What way of life is guiding your decisions and actions and the way you spend your time and all that? What are you into? When I was uh, a boy, I was born in Philadelphia, grew up there for a time, and when I was 11 years old, uh, my family moved to Bedminster, Bucks County, farm country. And uh, our house, we lived with my grandfather, our house was a mile away from the family farm, And uh, I quickly, uh, that became my second home, and my uncle was looking for some cheap help. (laughs) Uh, So at at 11 or almost 12, I started working on the dairy. Did that for years, through high school, even through college, after school, weekends, and... uh, I started doing it without even asking. I didn't negotiate my salary. 
Uh, so after a couple of weeks, my uncle had said, keep track of your hours. And he asked me, well, you know, what were your hours? I forget what it was, maybe 40 hours or something after a few weeks. And he said, okay, I'm going to pay you 50 cents an hour. And I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> On my way to my first million dollars. Well, uh, that, that being on the farm, that introduced me to a whole another way of life, right? My, uh, my uncle, <clears throat> two of my uncles, were great outdoorsmen. They loved hunting. The one loved fishing. And they both worked to introduce me to that because my dad was a city guy and really didn't know much about it. And so I got introduced to the world of the outdoors. And I, I loved it. It became a it became my life, right? I was into the outdoors. I was into hunting. And that meant I was also into guns. Not just any guns, but guns that you use for hunting, you know, shotguns and deer rifles. And, and I was fascinated by it. <clears throat> now, when you're into that kind of life, you know, it's, it's a bit like being Christian. As a Christian, you, you have devotions. And so when you're into the world of the outdoors, you, you have devotions. <clears throat> Every night I would read the Shooter's Bible. And uh, <clears throat> at that point in my life, I didn't, read, I didn't read the Bible that much, but I read the Shooter's Bible. I read up on all the different guns. I knew what they cost. And... If you ever looked at the Shooter's Bible, I'm sure many of you have, uh, but, but there's charts in the, in the back of it that are they're ballistic charts for every possible caliber bullet that is made and every weight of every bullet, there, there are charts. What's the muzzle velocity? How fast is the bullet going at 300 yards? How much does it drop below the line of sight? You know, all this stuff. And I had a, a fairly good head for numbers. And with, well, without any effort at all, hardly, I, I memorized a lot of that stuff. And then because it was the world I was living in, I would, I would go in and talk to my uncle the next day while he was milking the cows. And he, was a, he was a patient man, but I'm sure I drove him to the brink of distraction because... I was, a, I was a 13, 14, 15-year-old, and it's all that I wanted to talk about ad nauseum, right? But that was my world. That's what I lived in, and those things shaped my desires and my interests. So what are you into? Social media? Skateboarding? <laughs> probably not. Most, most of you are probably not into skateboarding. Uh, careers? See, we, we live in, we all live in a chosen context that shapes us more than we realize. Unless we start thinking about it, 
And, and to be into one thing is necessarily not to be in another. You, you can only be in a certain number of things, right? Because those different worlds tend to collide and they, they ask different things of us. So Paul talks about the life of baptized people as being in Messiah Jesus. That's a life that is shaped by who Jesus is. You knew about my previous life, Paul says, well, now, here's, here's the life. In the Messiah Jesus, we are children of God, and we have just new relationships. Baptism is about a new life. <clears throat> the life in the Messiah. Now, the second thing that you need to note here is that Paul says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. That's an important element as we talk about being in Christ, and it's an important element as we talk about baptism. Paul highlights what I'll call the faith connection. Faith is, uh, faith is belief, but it's not just belief. So let's, let's think about that for a few minutes. <clears throat> faith, we might say, is first a knowing. Faith, as knowing, answers the question, uh, what's the story? What am, I, what am I getting into when I enter into Christ, into Messiah Jesus? Well, I'm entering into a story that's a very old story. It goes back thousands of years, even before Jesus. When he comes, he takes up the story, and in fact, what he says is that he is what the story is all about. All that went before, all that Paul studied as an observant Jew, as, a, as preparing to be a rabbi, a teacher, all of that, Jesus says, and Paul comes to understand that, all of that story of the Jewish people leads up to Jesus the Messiah. And faith knows that story. It knows this story about <clears throat> the carpenter from Nazareth who came and taught and healed and performed other miracles and then laid down his life <clears throat> and mysteriously, wonderfully, after three days, was raised to life again that he might be Lord and King. And faith knows that story and believes that story. And so all the people who are being baptized today know something of that story. And they not only know the story, but they trust the story. <clears throat> if knowing answers the question, what's the story, then trusting answers the question, is the story true? I mean, it, it is a remarkable story. There's none like it in the world. But is it true? <laughs> and people who enter into baptism and enter into the sphere of the Messiah, Jesus, they, they say, yes, this is a true story. 
This really happened. There really was a man by this name. He really did live the life that is described in the Gospels. And he died and he rose again and he lives today. And the faith connection is is that I not only know the story, but I, I entrust my life to it. This story is real enough. I am convinced of its truth sufficiently that I am going to have this story. I'm going to be into this story, and I want it to guide my life. And then there's a third element. All these are closely related, but the the third element I'm going to call committing. Uh, Committing asks this question. Is faith in the Messiah Jesus? Is, Is choosing to live in that sphere of influence that belongs to him, is that Worth it. See, there, there's a good number of people out there who, who know about the story. They may even think in some sense it's true, but they don't commit to it. Because at the end of the day, what they're saying is, I'm not sure it's worth it. And look at all the other stories that are out there. Look at all the other things that people are into some of which are very attractive and seem very desirable. Why why should I choose this in the Messiah world? Is it worth it? Faith says, yes, absolutely. It is worth it to be in connection with the living, the risen, Jesus, the Messiah. All right, so so there's this new life, and it's entered through faith, Paul says. You are all children of God through faith. And then he makes this statement, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So now he hones in on baptism and he says, here's what's going on in baptism. This is part of what's going on because there's a lot of things that happen in baptism. But here's part of what it is. All of you who have been baptized into Christ, there's that terminology again, have clothed yourselves with Christ. And I think that means that baptism is about becoming like Jesus, and, and Paul uses this interesting imagery here. He says, you have clothed yourselves with Christ, or literally he says, you've put on the Christ. The imagery is, uh, is, is that of getting dressed. In the, in the ancient church, when they baptize people, they'd usually do it once a year. They'd do it on Easter. That's the way it went. And, uh, and 
candidates were actually baptized naked. And then, after the baptism, they were clothed with new garments to suggest this new life. And, and Paul's image is that in baptism, we're not going to baptize people naked, by the way. <laughs> Saw a few of you are getting anxious there. But, uh, but, but the imagery here for Paul when he talks about baptism is that we are being clothed. And, and we're specifically being clothed with Christ. Now, this picture suggests that Christ is putting clothes on us. But what Paul is saying is we're actually putting on the Messiah. We actually are clothed with Him, which is a powerful way of suggesting this, this idea of becoming like Him. That, that is the goal of discipleship, and that's, that's the message of baptism. So here we are. We're, uh, we're going to baptize some people today. How should we think about that? Well, we should think about it, that these are people who have decided that not only is the story about Jesus true, but they've decided that they want to commit to that story. They want to, be, they want to live in this sphere where Jesus is the dominant ruling principle in their life. They want to be shaped by Him. They want to become like Him. And baptism is this powerful experience of putting on Christ. Now, part of the difficulty is that that for centuries now, Christians have tended to separate faith and baptism, which in the Bible, that doesn't seem to be the case. Seems like they went together. <clears throat> so often what we think of is, well, faith is, is about getting into Christ, and baptism is some later thing that we do that somehow you know, points back or something like that. That's probably not the right way to go at it either. It's probably better to see that all of us who become disciples of Jesus are in a process that has a number of different elements. And the Bible may talk about a couple of them together. Here it's faith and baptism together. It may talk about other aspects like repentance. and See, it's, it's a process, and it, it, takes, it takes time. But baptism is an important step in that process. It's important for these candidates who are going to be baptized today. Uh, not just because of what they've decided to do, but because we believe that in baptism, God is doing something. God somehow works through this experience to shape and mold and to draw us deeper into the reality of who Jesus is. And, and baptism is once, but it's ongoing in its effects. 
So see, you're here, and perhaps you, like, like me, maybe you've been baptized many years ago. But as you listen to the testimonies of those who are going to be baptized, you step back and you replay your own baptism. You think back to that experience when you were in their place and, and your commitment to following after Jesus, to having him be your world, that's renewed and refreshed. Or at least it should be. I mean, that's what, we, that's what we want, huh? Or maybe you're here and you've never been baptized. Well, then this experience is, is also for you because as you think about what they're doing, that gives you a chance to rehearse in your own mind and heart, well, what am I doing? What is important to me? What world am I living in? And so it may be that as you listen and reflect on what these five candidates are going to be doing, you will find that God invites you, that he draws you to the place where maybe the next time we have a baptism service, you'll say, I think, I think that would be important for me. I think God wants me to clarify these things in my own mind and heart. And that'd be great. So, so baptism is for all of us. And we're here to share together and to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of the five who are going to be baptized. Well, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I'm going to invite our candidates to get up and go to the changing rooms up front, and uh, we'll pray, and then we'll sing a song, and then uh, Wes will lead off with uh, the first candidates. All right, let's pray. Lord, we're gathered in thankfulness today because you are at work in our lives. Jesus is the risen, exalted Lord of heaven and earth, and he, by his Spirit, is still uh, engaging people's lives. He's still calling people to himself. He's still gathering disciples to shape them into his likeness. And so this morning, we're, we're excited and grateful for uh, these five who uh, are going to testify to your work in their lives. And uh, Lord, may they be blessed. May this be part of your transformation of who they are. And will you use it also in all of our lives to invite us, to encourage us, to draw us into a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.